the Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms. To the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wasteland. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, the Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. And we are here. And, of course, you are out there. We're most grateful for your presence. Thank you for joining us for the Bible Live broadcast. We're going to continue our way tonight, of course, through the Bible. That's what we do each and every weeknight. But specifically, we are in the book of Job, considered to be the oldest book of the Bible. And yet you wouldn't know it from listening to it. It's so relevant, and I think it's because we identify with this man. We understand Troubles and difficulty and hardship and disappointments and introspection and second-guessing ourselves. And we understand the experience here that he's going through of being accused falsely by his, quote, friends. And I won't be too hard on them. They gave it a good shot, a good attempt to be a friend to him. But then as they go along, they're beginning to lose their patience. Job just simply will not fit into their pattern Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, the harder they try to explain his suffering, the less they help. So slowly, their consolation turns to condemnation. Job rejects the thesis that their reasoning is based on, and that is that he is guilty of sin, and that's the reason for his suffering. And we know it's not the truth. That's our little advantage. We know the story behind the story. Just think of the impact Job's life is having on these men. Even though they're negative at this time, you'll see later on he has a remarkable impact even on their lives. So we're going to pick up at Job's fourth speech. He gives 10 speeches in all, and we're going to pick up on the fourth speech as he responds to Zophar's accusations. Right now, though, let's go to our wisdom and worship segment, Psalm 98. It's a song of joy. It's a song of victory because God is victorious over evil. Even though it may not seem it now in this world where good and evil coexist, justice will prevail. Goodness will prevail. Let's listen to the Bible live. Psalm 98. 
sing a new song to the Lord, for He has done wonderful deeds. He has won a mighty victory by His power and holiness. The Lord has announced His victory and has revealed His righteousness to every nation. He has remembered His promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The whole earth has seen the salvation of our God. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord. For the Lord is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. End of reading, Psalm 98. Where would I be if you had not been by my side? How could I rise to meet the morning of the day? You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Calling from behind At times I could not see Even though you were so fine Glad to have you along with us tonight. The Bible Live is back. Let's jump over to old Job. Job chapter 12. He has been uh, now listening to his friends. So far, the third friend to speak to him is the least courteous, full of anger. He lashes out at Job, saying not only did Job deserve the punishment he got, Job deserved even more punishment, not less. Zophar took the same position as Eliphaz just a few chapters earlier, and Bildad, Zophar's speech was by far the most arrogant. Job responds in like manner. He gives as well as he takes. Remember again... We know that Job is indeed a godly, righteous man. Not sinless perfection, but he is not being punished for sin in his life. He is being showcased as a godly man, and he keeps asking the right questions. He goes to the basic. If a man dies, will he live again? Let's go listen to Job. Job 12, 1 through 17, 16. Job 12. Then Job spoke again. You really know everything, don't you? And when you die, wisdom will die with you. Well, I know a few things myself, and you're no better than I am. Who doesn't know these things you've been saying? Yet my friends laugh at me. I am a man who calls on God and receives an answer. I am a just and blameless man, yet they laugh at me. People who are at ease mock those in trouble. They give a push to people who are stumbling. But even robbers are left in peace and those who provoke God, and God has them in His power, live in safety. Ask the animals, and they will teach you. Ask the birds of the sky, and they will tell you. Speak to the earth, and it will instruct you. Let the fish of the sea speak to you. They all know that the Lord has done this. For the life of every living thing is in His hand, and the breath of all humanity. Just as the mouth tastes good food, So the ear tests the words it hears. Wisdom belongs to the aged, and understanding to those who have lived many years. But true wisdom and power are with God. Counsel and understanding are His. What He destroys cannot be rebuilt. When He closes in on someone, there is no escape. If He holds back the rain, the earth becomes a desert. 
If he releases the waters, they flood the earth. Yes, strength and wisdom are with him. Deceivers and deceived are both in his power. He leads counselors away, stripped of good judgment. He drives judges to madness. He removes the royal robe of kings. With ropes around their waist, they are led away. He leads priests away, stripped of status. He overthrows the mighty. He silences the trusted advisor, and he removes the insight of the elders. He pours disgrace upon princes and confiscates weapons from the strong. He floods the darkness with light. He brings light to the deepest gloom. He raises up nations, and he destroys them. He makes nations expand, and he abandons them. He takes away the understanding of kings, and he leaves them wandering in a wasteland without a path. They grope in the darkness without a light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Job 13. Look, I have seen many instances such as you describe. I understand what you are saying. I know as much as you do. You are no better than I am. Oh, how I long to speak directly to the Almighty. I want to argue my case with God Himself. For you are smearing me with lies. As doctors, you are worthless quacks. Please be quiet. That's the smartest thing you could do. Listen to my charge. Pay attention to my arguments. Are you defending God by means of lies and dishonest arguments? You should be impartial witnesses. But will you slant your testimony in His favor? Will you argue God's case for Him? Be careful that he doesn't find out what you are doing, or do you think you can fool him as easily as you fool people? No, you will be in serious trouble with him if even in your hearts you slant your testimony in his favor. Doesn't his majesty strike terror into your heart? Does not your fear of him seize you? Your statements have about as much value as ashes. Your defense is as fragile as a clay pot. Be silent now and leave me alone. Let me speak and I will face the consequences. Yes, I will take my life in my hands and say what I really think. God might kill me, but I cannot wait. I am going to argue my case with Him. But this is what will save me, that I am not godless. If I were, I would be thrown from His presence. Listen closely to what I am about to say. Hear me out. I have prepared my case. I will be proved innocent. Who can argue with me over this? If you could prove me wrong, I would remain silent until I die. Oh God, there are two things I beg of you, and I will be able to face you. Remove your hand from me, and don't terrify me with your awesome presence. Now summon me, and I will answer, or let me speak to you, and you reply. Tell me, what have I done wrong? Show me my rebellion and my sin. Why do you turn away from me? Why do you consider me your enemy? Would you terrify a leaf that is blown by the wind? Would you chase a dry stalk of grass? You write bitter accusations against me and bring up all the sins of my youth. You put my feet in stocks. You watch all my paths. You trace all my footprints. I waste away like rotting wood, like a moth-eaten coat. Job 14. How frail is humanity! How short is life and how full of trouble! 
Like a flower, we blossom for a moment and then wither. Like the shadow of a passing cloud, we quickly disappear. Must you keep an eye on such a frail creature and demand an accounting from me? Who can create purity in one born impure? No one! You have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live, and we are not given a minute longer. So give us a little rest, won't you? Turn away your angry stare. We are like hired hands, so let us finish the task you have given us. If a tree is cut down, there is hope that it will sprout again and grow new branches. Though its roots have grown old in the earth and its stump decays, at the scent of water it may bud and sprout again like a new seedling. But when people die, they lose all strength. They breathe their last, and then where are they? As water evaporates from a lake and as a river disappears in drought, people lie down and do not rise again. Until the heavens are no more, they will not wake up, nor be roused from their sleep. I wish you would hide me with the dead, and forget me there until your anger has passed. But mark your calendar to think of me again. If mortals die, can they live again? This thought would give me hope, and through my struggle I would eagerly wait for release. You would call, and I would answer, and you would yearn for me your handiwork. For then you would count my steps instead of watching for my sins. My sins would be sealed in a pouch, and you would cover over my iniquity. But as mountains fall and crumble, and as rocks fall from a cliff, as water wears away the stones, and floods wash away the soil, so you destroy people's hope. You always overpower them, and then they pass from the scene. You disfigure them in death, and send them away. They never know if their sons grow up in honor or sink to insignificance. They are absorbed in their own pain and grief. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Job 15 Then Eliphaz the Tamanite replied, You are supposed to be a wise man, and yet you give us all this foolish talk. You are nothing but a windbag. It isn't right to speak so foolishly. What good do such words have? Have you no fear of God, no reverence for Him? Your sins are telling your mouth what to say. Your words are based on clever deception. But why should I condemn you? Your own mouth does. Were you the first person ever born? Were you born before the hills were made? Were you listening at God's secret counsel? Do you have a monopoly on wisdom? What do you know that we don't? What do you understand that we don't? On our side are aged, gray-haired men much older than your father. Is God's comfort too little for you? Is His gentle word not enough? What has captured your reason? What has weakened your vision that you turn against God and say all these evil things? Can a mortal be pure? Can a human be just? Why, God doesn't even trust the angels. Even the heavens cannot be absolutely pure in His sight. How much less pure is a corrupt and sinful person with a thirst for wickedness? If you will listen, I will answer you from my own experience. And it is confirmed by the experience of wise men who have heard the same thing from their fathers, those to whom the land was given long before any foreigners arrived. Wicked people are in pain throughout their lives. They are surrounded by terrors, and even on good days they fear the attack of the destroyer. 
They dare not go out into the darkness, for fear they will be murdered. They wander abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? They know their ruin is certain. That dark day terrifies them. They live in distress and anguish like a king preparing for an attack. For they have clenched their fists against God, defying the Almighty. Holding their strong shields, they defiantly charge against Him. These wicked people are fat and rich, but their cities will be ruined. They will live in abandoned houses that are ready to tumble down. They will not continue to be rich. Their wealth will not endure, and their possessions will no longer spread across the horizon. They will not escape the darkness. The flame will burn them up, and the breath of God will destroy everything they have. Let them no longer trust in empty riches. They are only fooling themselves, for emptiness will be their only reward. They will be cut down in the prime of life, and all they counted on will disappear. They will be like a vine whose grapes are harvested before they are ripe, like an olive tree that sheds its blossoms so the fruit cannot form. For the godless are barren. Their homes, enriched through bribery, will be consumed by fire. They conceive trouble and evil, and their hearts give birth only to deceit. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Job 16 Then Job spoke again. I have heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Won't you ever stop your flow of foolish words? What have I said that makes you speak so endlessly? I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off my criticisms against you and shake my head at you. But that's not what I would do. I would speak in a way that helped you. I would try to take away your grief. But as it is, my grief remains, no matter how I defend myself. And it does not help if I refuse to speak. Oh God, you have ground me down and devastated my family. You have reduced me to skin and bones, as proof, they say, of my sins. God hates me and tears angrily at my flesh. He gnashes his teeth at me and pierces me with his eyes. People jeer and laugh at me. They slap my cheek in contempt. A mob gathers against me. God has handed me over to sinners. He has tossed me into the hands of the wicked. I was living quietly until he broke me apart. He took me by the neck and dashed me to pieces. Then he set me up as a target. His archers surrounded me and his arrows pierced me without mercy. The ground is wet with my blood. Again and again he smashed me, charging at me like a warrior. Here I sit in sackcloth. I have surrendered, and I sit in the dust. My eyes are red with weeping. Darkness covers my eyes. Yet I am innocent, and my prayer is pure. O oh, earth, do not conceal my blood. Let it cry out on my behalf. Even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is there on high. My friends scorn me, but I pour out my tears to God. Oh, that someone would mediate between God and me, as a person mediates between friends. For soon I must go down that road from which I will never return. Job 17 My spirit is crushed, and I am near death. The grave is ready to receive me. 
I am surrounded by mockers. I watch how bitterly they taunt me. You must defend my innocence, O God, since no one else will stand up for me. You have closed their minds to understanding, but do not let them triumph. They denounce their companions for their own advantage, so let their children faint with hunger. God has made a mockery of me among the people. They spit in my face. My eyes are dim with weeping, and I am but a shadow of my former self. The upright are astonished when they see me. The innocent are aroused against the ungodly. The righteous will move onward and forward, and those with pure hearts will become stronger and stronger. As for all of you, come back and try again. But I will not find a wise man among you. My days are over. My hopes have disappeared. My heart's desires are broken. They say that night is day, and day is night. How they pervert the truth. I might go to the grave and make my bed in darkness. And I might call the grave my father, and the worm my mother and my sister. But where then is my hope? Can anyone find it? No, my hope will go down with me to the grave. We will rest together in the dust. End of reading, Job 12, 1 through 17, 16. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. All right, we are back. We're learning to depend. Learning to depend upon His Word. And that's what we're doing. In the first place, how beautiful the poetry of this passage especially there in chapters 12 through 14, as we opened up with Job responding to Zophar's accusations against him. But then Eliphaz comes back, and they begin the second round of talks. He has nothing more to say. He doesn't introduce anything particularly new, but this time he's a little more abrupt, a little bit more rude, perhaps a little more insulting toward Job. Job does acknowledge that his hardships come from God, but he continues to deny that they are a punishment for sin. He still insists that God is sovereign God, that ultimately the buck stops with God. And that is true. We have to remember that. Everything that's going on in our world is God allowed. It is part of his intention. That should give us some comfort. We are challenged then on that basis to get into the mind of God. What is God's plan? What are God's priorities? Most of our mistakes are us trying to presume that we see things exactly the way God does. We can't see it exactly as God sees, but we can learn. That's the whole point of the scriptures, to begin to see our world, the occurrences in our life, as from God, to understand their purpose in the context of his purposes for humanity. Job holds out that possibility. He does say, of course, that all wisdom is from God and that we are to seek to think God's thoughts after him. Ultimately, God is unfathomable. He's immeasurable, totally beyond our comprehension in any exhaustive sense. But he does desire to reveal his heart, his mind to us. And as we walk with him in faith and obedience, he will teach us. He will bring us into that understanding of himself. 
in the New Testament, Paul talks to the believers in Corinth and says that the spiritual man appraises all things. We have a worldview that would allow us to comprehend and manage and handle any occurrence. God's view gives us the context in which to understand the things that happen in our world. But we need to understand his heart and understand his ways. We leave our pride and our arrogance behind. We humble ourselves. We come into that relationship with him by grace, through faith, by faith in his provision for us, Messiah. And then he begins to make us good. By his spirit, he begins to teach us and shape us. And we are encouraged to seek honestly. Look in chapter 13. God is never going to get angry at you for asking questions, for questioning, for doubting. Even in the New Testament, doubting Thomas. He said, I'm not going to believe in Jesus till I put my hand in his side and touch the wounds in his hands. Jesus didn't gripe him out. Jesus didn't berate him for that. He said, come on, Thomas, put your hand in my side. Touch the wounds in my hands. God encourages us to ask our questions honestly and sincerely and wait and expect, and he will give us the answer. Then there is this wonderful passage, Can the Dead Live Again? If a man dies, will he live again? There's not even a Bible Job can read. He's talking way before the special revelation that we enjoy. Based on general revelation alone, he is already coming at these very basic questions. He's asking for a redeemer. He's asking for a mediator between God and man, the Messiah, the Savior. Very impressed with the beauty of the book of Job. I now understand better why it is included normally in the books of poetry in the Old Testament. These are not only powerful thoughts and ideas, but they are so beautifully expressed. We were just talking... Brian and I talking here in the studio about suffering and its place. Often it is suffering and hardship and difficulty and pain that brings us to faith in God or to heighten our awareness and create spiritual growth. I remember C.S. Lewis' famous quote, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain. Well, however God is speaking into your life these days, pleasure or pain, I hope that you're listening and that you are growing in your walk with Him. See you next time, folks, here on The Bible Live. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box, 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word. 